0: Sittings at 9 o'clock that we request you <clears throat> to attend. Um, we set the tone for the entire week too as to the intention of why we've come and uh, what we're doing here. This cultivation of our minds and hearts towards freedom, what the what the Buddha described as his offering to um, the world of teaching about suffering and the end of suffering. And one of the things that he um, taught as a path is this practice of mindfulness or Vipassana. Um, The um, the description of citta, which is the mind-heart in, in uh, Eastern psychology and Buddhist psychology, often there's not, a, there's not an English translation that, that, is, that is full, that is rich in what it tries to communicate. So citta is the combination of the mind-heart, whereas in Western psychology we tend to split into the mind and the heart. And not to say that one is better or worse than the other. It's just a different perspective that can complement each other. And so when, when the term mindfulness, which is so is getting to be so prevalent in our culture, one of the things that I like to remember that it's really the mind heartfulness that this practice is inviting us into that there's an awareness of our, the totality of our experience, the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows, that it, it, it encompasses our, our mind and our emotional hearts and states. And when the Buddha said, it is more precious to live 24 hours with mindfulness than to live 100 years without it, what he's pointing to, is to live the full range of this life. Not just the places that we like. Not to push away the places that we don't like. But to really meet with this very gentle experience of awareness that has no judgment around what this life should be. also part of being more mind-heartful of this life experience, is progressively becoming more and more aware of things that we so take for granted. So don't give a second thought to. The, um, this incredible, gift that we have to be able to breathe, that we hardly think about until there's an illness or an impairment that comes our way, and, and, and then the breath becomes really prominent in our awareness and we realize how precious it is that the energy of breath actually gives us this energy to be able to live this preciousness. the Buddha is pointing to. Our ability to ambulate and move in this world, we hardly give a second thought to. We take for granted, we feel that we're entitled to this privilege. And when there's a impairment or a limitation, then we realize, oh, this is not a privilege or an entitlement. It is, a, it is precious. It is a gift to be valued for the time that I have it. We begin to see our lives in greater and greater detail with more clarity and more openness in our heart that we can look at the joys and the sorrows, the highs and the lows. This is what the invitation of our practice that we'll be cultivating in the next coming days. And each, you'll hear uh, a different, um, different style, a different form, perhaps, from each of us and other teachers that you sit with. Um, we were discussing this last night in the sense that <clears throat> for some, you know, the structure of starting with a, um, with a narrow focus to really become familiar with what awareness is because we live our life so unaware sometimes. That is the, that is the stream of the mainstream. That is the unconscious conditioning of our life. And for some people, it's very easy to drop into that spaciousness. So really, to feel what works for you. This is not necessarily about doing the instructions exactly that they're given. This is not about imitating someone else's practice. This is about finding your own way and using what is useful. And beneficial in you staying present with your own life. No one can actually tell you how to do that. People can suggest what has worked for them, for for me, for us. And then you try it and see what works for you. So, for these days and these mornings, um, we may start with um, uh, a focus or an object, the breath, the body, um, going to the emotions, the, the, the sensations of the heart, the experience of the mind, how the mind affects our experience. And really, the, the intention is to open to that panoply of, of sensations and experiences of our life, regardless of what arises. So, for some, you know, the narrow focus cultivates that strength, like going to the gym. You focus on a, on a certain, certain muscle in order to strengthen that capacity and for some a circuit might be more beneficial so again to use what is what is skillful for for your own experience the breath is often used as a neutral object if it's if it is neutral for you if there is no impairment that you can rest in it and begin to Get familiar, what is this quality of awareness? What I'm going to invite us to do is is to become familiar with awareness through the experience of the bell. And then to port that, to substitute the experience of bell for your breath. This breath that is always with you. And one last thing about the mindful mind heartfulness practice is really it's not about creating or envisioning or even wanting an experience that you're not already having. It is really being with what is arising right now, not needing it to be any different. And can you feel how as the awareness, as your heart and your mind just rests with what is arising, not needing to push it away. because it wants it to be different not wanting more of it because it's pleasant but that gentleness is kindness itself that there is this this very gentle aspect of awareness this loving awareness that is as soft as the breath itself there's no forcing that you need to do to get here you're already where you need to be. And so, if you have not already taken that position and posture, just allow the body to relax into a posture that is both alert and relaxed, allowing the spine to. Hold the shoulders and the torso, aligning the head. Relaxing the arms, allowing the hands to fall in whatever position is comfortable. And just feeling the sensations of the body in its totality. Noticing perhaps the effect of the morning's meal in the abdomen or any residue of last night's rest. Just becoming familiar with the sensations of the body, the physicality of this life. The sounds that come into your consciousness and then pass away. As you stay with the sensations of the body, I invite you into the experience of this first bell, and just for you to feel it in the body, wherever it comes most prominently, whether it's a vibration in the torso, The contact with the sense door of the ear on the second ring of the bell. Allow yourself, again, to feel it in the body. And this time, invite yourself to notice the very inception of the experience. When does the experience of bell come into your consciousness? And is it possible to follow the entire length of the experience until it fades? and on the last experience of bell. Again, allowing the body to feel the experience of the sound from its very beginning across its entire length as it fades. Also noticing the silence and pause between the first ring and the second ring. Noticing again the inception of the second ring. And if the mind feels distracted or pulled away from the experience, very gently, just allowing the awareness to come back to the sensation of sound, the experience of Bell. (laughs) you <laughs> And as the experience of Bell fades from your consciousness and awareness, invite the awareness to settle into the breath. Inhale and the exhale. Becoming aware of the rhythm of your breath In the same way, you were aware of the ebb and the flow of the sound of bell. Noticing the inception of the inhale and all of the sensations across its length. as it fades and ends, the pause between the ending of the inhale and the beginning of the exhale, and again, the entire length of the exhale. Feeling the texture, the vibrancy, the energy of breath that actually feeds the energy of your life. Over time, you may find the experience of the awareness wandering, or even being pulled away by sensations of the body, feelings of the heart, or stories in the mind. Simply noticing where the mind has gone, being aware of the body, the heart, and the mind without needing to judge anything about your experience. That's a moment of waking up, of awareness. And then with gentleness and softness, allowing the awareness to relax into the inhale and the exhale. Gently coming back to the inhale and the exhale, the ability for the body to breathe itself without any extra effort on your part, the ability to respire, respiration, which is directly related to inspiration and aspiration through the root of spiritus, spirit, which means the ability to breathe. some words from Mark Nepo that starts with breath and ends with spirit. If you try to comprehend air before breathing it, you will die. If you try to understand love before being held, you will never feel compassion. If you insist on bringing God to others before opening your very small window of life, you will never have honest friends. If you try to teach before you learn or leave before you stay, you will lose your ability to try. No matter what anyone promises, to never feel compassion, to never have honest friends, to lose your ability to try, These are desperate ways to die. A dog loves the world through its nose, a fish through its gills, a bat through its deep sense of blindness, and an eagle through its glide, and a human life through its spirit. We have a few announcements before Arena begins the invitations into walking. First I wanted to introduce Susanna Renaud. Susanna, why don't you come up front, our wonderful mindfulness and movement um, instructor. Do you want to say something about the... um, um, the movement and... Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah. There we go. So I'm here to support your practice and I want to invite everyone that feels that they would like to experience the mindful movement because really it's movement for all abilities. Okay? And so I want to invite you to if you feel inclined to, to take the opportunity to explore what that might be like for you. Okay? And it's happening this afternoon. Okay, it's happening this afternoon, Arena so, says. At 3.15. At 3.15? Oh, great, it'll be in here. So, okay, so I look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, Susana. Sure. And there are extra yoga mats in the closet upstairs if um, you need one. Um, we need an extra volunteer to assist in the recording of some of the sessions. There have been requests to record the uh, guided meditations. So um, we need a, an additional volunteer if there's anybody that's willing to, to do that. Um, it's primarily for the evening um, uh, metta uh, Brahma-vihara sessions at 9 o'clock. Thank you. So, um, um, if you could stay at uh, after the walking instructions, um, either Quilly or Kathy are going to, is going to do the training with with uh, Phoenix. I think is the other person, right? Yeah. Great. Thanks. Um, and uh, we're going to start our group interviews this afternoon. Um, so each of you will be seen once in small groups, and once individually with one of us. Um, so if you're not seen in a group today, you will be seen tomorrow. Um, so please check the bulletin board out there. Um, so Arena will be in room one, Pascal will be in room two, and I'll be in the, I will be in the Council House. Um, and uh then, after that, the individual interviews will occur the last three days, so um, uh, that's how the the schedule will be unfolding.
1: Uh, I wanted to say a few words about walking, and uh how much walking is part of our pride how how important our pride marches were in the beginning of our growing as a community how much walking is part of all the different movements for freedom the bus boycotts here in South Africa the bus boycotts was one of the first big organizing of the African community um, in Johannesburg. All the different ways that we have walked for freedom. And this walking that we're doing is part of that. Because as Thich Nhat Hanh says, we can't walk for peace Unless we are peace, that we can't actually walk for freedom unless we are freedom. And that our walking for peace and freedom that we do, uh, that we have done, whether it's us personally or our ancestors or the people before us. this walking that we're doing is really in honor of that and in honor also of our future generations because every step of peace or we could say every step of connection when we bring our presence and our mindfulness to the experience of either moving in some way, whether it's movement being supported by Um, with support, or whether we're moving unsupported, that this process is um, an invitation to come and touch what is alive in us, and what is alive in us when it's touched becomes sacred, and part of the movement for peace and freedom, part of the walk for peace and freedom. So sometimes we think about walking as like just this exercise, you know, going back and forth and back and forth. Or we think about moving if we're being supported in some way, in, in um, that it's that that it's something that is is um, a, a movement that's more of getting somewhere or an exercise rather than falling into this field that we actually called into being last night of bringing into being those qualities and then manifesting them. And as we walk in that way, we're actually, or as we move in that way, we're changing the world. We're changing ourselves and we're changing the world. There are a lot of ways to move or to walk or to be mobile. And I want to offer a number of them um, and you can see which calls you, and it might be some call you in one moment or one walking or movement session, and another will call you um, at a different time, depending on what where your mind is and what feels most supportive for that. So... Um, uh, One thing that we can do whether we are are inside or outside that is kind of an inner movement and that we can do right now is to actually switch from seeing to hearing which Larry just guided us in so beautifully to noticing what's happening in our body. So just for a moment take the um, take an object to see and rather than l- the energy going out through the eyes see if you can receive what it is that is being shown to you so whatever it is that you are noticing if it's almost as if this this part of the world was saying, I'm here for, I'm here to be witnessed by you. And so we are receiving that life. So softening and allowing that to be known, I, I am receiving this, this vision, I'm receiving this vision. And then see if you can open now to hearing again, allowing the sound of my voice and maybe the silence underneath it, hearing. And again, not receiving it rather than going out in any way, receiving that expression of the world. I am here to receive it. That's... The Thich Nhat Hanh expression, I've arrived, I am home, because I am here, I am receiving sound. And then acknowledging the sensations in the body, maybe because we've been sitting that strong, acknowledging sensations, another expression of life. <coughs> I am here, Receiving. And just for this moment, see if it's possible to bring the full 100% I am right here. I am really listening into a sensation in my body. Just for two more seconds and allowing awareness to touch in an unmediated way that sensation. The Buddha said that that touch can bring us into the whole wild world, the whole wide world. So this is something that we can do When we're outside, whether we're still and we feel we want to be involved in some kind of movement or if we're walking and we feel like walking isn't doing it for us, we can move through these expressions. And then I'd like to invite you, if you're comfortable, to get up. Just take a moment and stretch out because we've been sitting for a while and um, there's a, um, a shifting that can happen if if being more mobile is um, sometimes challenging for us we find um, that happens um, Um, whether sometimes we can be mobile, sometimes we can't be so mobile, Um, we can actually come into that touch with movement just by shifting the weight. And so see if you would like to shift the weight from one foot into another and dedicate the shifting as part of this Movement for freedom. I'm joining all the marches where weight was shifted in this moment, and I'm joining it by being right here in this gradation of pressure from one foot to another. And then if it's comfortable or if you need support, please feel free to um, grab support. Lifting the foot and feeling that kind of weightlessness. And then bringing it in front and placing it in front. And before you shift, feel that placing, this touch of the earth. There's a beautiful... um, prayer that black elt invited us to where he said there's beauty in front of me and there's beauty behind me and there's beauty all around me and it can be in this touch where we access that beauty feeling I'm in touch with the earth and then that shifting shifting forward and now I'm being held by the earth and then lifting feel that lifting and the weightlessness of the lifting, the dropping onto the earth, the feeling of that contact, and then the shifting, noticing that shifting. And and again, and see how it is if you would like to use those phrases to help guide your mind to the experience, the lifting the placing and the shifting. And in the background again is that general comprehension. I'm walking on earth, I'm joining all those who've walked before me. And so this is one invitation to to moving or walking is taking these small steps with support. You can do it against the wall or you can just use go from one chair to another. Um, and tradition, uh, traditionally, we're invited to mark where we're going to walk. I often put two stones if I'm walking outside, no matter how, um, how little or how far it is, one stone in where I'm going to turn around, and then another one. And then it just somehow grounds me oh, this is where I'm going to walk. I'm walking here, back and forth and back and forth. We can do it inside by saying, I'm going to walk along these three chairs, back and forth and back and forth. And please feel free to feel supported to rest whenever you need to rest. So, um, and then that process can also happen when you're sitting and shifting the weight from one buttock to the other and feeling it in the thighs and in the feet. So that's one form of walking. I wanted to give another form because it's been so helpful for me. I can't use that. And it's a, it's a counting and walking. If you can walk fast or if you are in some kind of support and you want to go fast, um, then it's a, a particular way to count it, and it goes like this. So you're, wa- you're walking or moving more quickly and you're going one, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, all the way to 10, 5, 6, So if you're like, my mind is driving me crazy and I don't know what to do with it, this is a wonderful way to work with a crazed mind. So whether whether you're being moved with support or whether you're walking yourself, you can just take that counting and you can either tap with your hands or you can use it with your feet. So, one, one, two, one, two, three. It was actually developed by a wonderful uh, Burmese master called Tankulu Sayado, who used to teach in Santa Cruz. So, um, do you, did you get that? Okay. So, are there any questions around walking? So, lovely. Okay, enjoy.